Welcome to their very best. The podcast where total amateurs make wild proclamations about the work of expert professional musicians, despite having no actual qualifications. I'm Waldron Faulkner. And I'm Bill Noto. Thank you for joining us for wild, unsolicited opinions about the first three albums from Led Zeppelin. my goodness, Billy. Can we call this like a holiday special? Because we're doing something completely different. So we wanted to mix up the format a little bit. And we've been holding off on doing Led Zeppelin for a while. And some of the bands are just, there's just too much work to boil their whole corpus down into one 30 minute episode. So what we're doing for Led Zeppelin, we're going to do a three part series. And in the first part, part one of our Led Zeppelin coverage, we're going to talk about Led Zeppelin 1, Led Zeppelin 2, and Led Zeppelin 3. Very besties, just trust us. The reasons are very valid. We've discussed pros and cons of different approaches, and we decided this is the best one. So the oversight committee agreed that this should be it. We had a board of trustees meeting and various governance reviews were yeah. achieved. Yeah, right. exactly. And so I'm going to host this episode, which means you get to make the first pick. All right. Okay. Are you ready for me talking a lot? Because I've got a lot to say. You know, if I pick a song that's your pick, I want to hear your thoughts on that pick. And I, I invite myself to share my thoughts if you pick a song that's in one of my picks, right? I'm okay with that. But the problem is that I've got a lot to say about this first pick of mine. And even though it's not my top pick, it's still the one I've got the most to say about. All good. Okay. All good. So my first pick is Since I've Been Loving You. Wow, great. Which is on Led Zeppelin 3. Mm -hmm. And this isn't necessarily one of my all-time favorite Led Zeppelin songs. Mm. But I wanted to talk about it because it gives us a chance to talk about blues. Mm, mm hmm. I don't know if this is the best showcase for John Bonham or John Paul Jones, but it is a total showcase for Jimmy Page. Mm. And um, and it does follow a, a blues ish pattern now. And we'll talk about blues real quick. And I'm going to give a little lesson. We might we might need to cut this. Mm hmm. You know, blues is a, a standardized format where you play four bars of the root chord. If you're in C, you'll play four bars of C. And then you play the 12-bar blues. You play two bars of the four chord. And then you go back to two more bars of the one chord. Mm. The four chord is like, if you're in C, then you go C, D, E, F, and you play two bars of F, and then you go back to C. And, and that's eight bars. But then there's four more bars. And this is where it really turns around and goes nuts. You get one bar of five, one bar of four, and then back down to the one. And if you're playing it right, you'll then play one bar of the five at the end before hmm. going back. <laughs> now, what's wonderful about this format is, first of all, it just sounds right. And there are reasons, theoretical and otherwise, why it does sound great. But it's super useful and flexible. For one thing, like you can play a major or you can play a minor. For example, this song that we're listening to now, 
they're playing it in C minor. So the one is C minor, the four is F minor, and the five is G minor, right? <laughs> they're all minor. But they don't really play the G minor too much. What's amazing about this thing is how they go off at the end. Hmm. And instead of playing the 4-1-5 at the end, they play the two dominant, the flat to major seven right here. Before returning to the one. Okay. Hmm. That is kind of crazy. Now, the, the flat two major seven shares a lot in common with the five chord. And so theoretically, it makes sense. But there's that two dominant seven chord really doesn't belong there at all. And it sounds amazingly great. But what's wonderful about blues is that, and you know this because you play guitar too, in addition to drums, everybody knows this pattern. You don't have to know the song. All you have to say is it's blues and C. And then everybody knows how to play it. Everybody can play along. And that's one of the reasons it's, it's so flexible and wonderful. But I would say that extends to the people who don't even play instruments, too. As a listener, you recognize the pattern also. Right. You can hear it. And you know when it's coming. It's, it's very predictable, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, we can talk about the origin of blues a little bit. I think we should, because this is a, a song form that was evolved by black Americans like nearly all great culture that we think of as being American came from black Americans. And it you know, developed in the deep South. Most Americans already know this around the um, turn of the 20th century and then developing, continuing to develop for the next 50 to 70 years or whatever. Hmm. And then early rock music, and I'm gonna say borrowed in scare quotes, heavily from established blues players and um, mainstream white youth culture sort of, we could say, appropriated, although I don't think there's malicious appropriating attempt by the teens that wanted to dance to wonderful blues-inspired early rock. I think we can assign all of the blame to the music industry, chasing the money as industry will do. And it would take a long time. It would take a long time for the pioneers of this form to really get recognition that they deserved, and they rarely or, or, or never get compensation for their work. Hmm. But blues was just hugely inspirational to the British guitar world of the 60s. They took it, they emulated it heavily in their early work, and none did it as transparently or as well as Jimmy Page hmm. right here. love that little chord progression there. The song <laughs> is a great example of the influence of blues on Jimmy Page and early rock. Hmm. It's a great pick. And I appreciate all your comments. Are you... I'm done with my diatribe here. Your and it's, spiel? It's a, long, it's a long lesson, but uh, I kind of I wanted to get it in there i think it's interesting and it's it's like a f foundational element of rock music it's kind of the bridge to me in my mind between like r&b and rock music and it's also in jazz right there's like the, this structure is found in all kinds of genres not just rock not just blues right you know right just the ability for you know people who don't know each other who know the structure 
can get together and play music together. And it's one of the first things you learn when you're learning how to play with other people. Yep. So it's kind of like a common language. And I think that applies also to the listener to recognize that structure, you know, feel that turnaround at the end and feel it come back to the home base. Yep. It's cool. It's a great pick. Here, the turnaround again. It's just a really interesting way to do the turnaround. Mm. Produced by Jimmy Page, the guitarist. Another just little note, John Paul Jones played a Hammond organ using the bass pedals instead of a bass guitar for that one. Well, Billy, I've talked long enough and we've had enough of one of my picks and I'm a little worried that you're going to pick. Well, I shouldn't worry because I yeah, don't worry. So the, the first song I'm going to pick um, off these albums is Moby Dick. And for the, for the sake of the discussion, let's listen to the studio version. But there's a version of this on YouTube that's just astonishing. That's from their DVD that they put out from them playing at the Royal Albert Hall and it's like 15 minutes long and it really showcases John Bonham's skill and technique. I'm kind of glad you picked this one, Billy, because it's it's in the vein of the early Led Zeppelin songs in that it's got a really recognizable guitar lick by Jimmy Page. This is another blues, by the way. parts are good but it's really like it's like the drum solo for people who don't love drum solos that's how some <laughs> folks have described it oh i forgot that there's the drum solo section i, I mean it. it's all about the drum solo and if you <laughs> see the live version waldron you will agree those opening licks set up the song and close it out and it's very satisfying when they come back at the end but like it's really about the soloing I'll just take this as an opportunity. Look, Led Zeppelin has four excellent, wonderful musicians who were better together. Ah, right. Interesting. And after John Bonham died, the surviving members of the band decided that was the end of the band. So I think that tells you something about the importance of John Bonham's contribution to this band, especially given that the other three are amazing and really wonderful musicians. I feel like if you're going to talk about Led Zeppelin and if it's going to be me talking about it on the podcast, I have to talk about John Bonham and I have to talk about this, the, this performance. I love what you said about the four amazing musicians and how they're better together. It had not occurred to me that that's kind of how they are. This is one of the first sort of super groups, right? Yeah. You know, there, there was an original version of this band that Jimmy Page wanted to put together that had Keith Moon and John Entwistle in it instead, and Jeff Beck huh. instead of... Uh-huh. I was just going to say, there's something funny about like how Robert Plant and Roger Daltrey are kind of similar in their vibes, right? Yeah, but 
I feel like Robert Plant is less acceptable than Ro than Roger Daltrey somehow. I don't know. There's something really over the top and too much about the Robert Plant. <laughs> To me, Roger Daltrey, I've always been a huge Who fan, yeah, but to yeah. me, Roger Daltrey is like, he gives off that vibe a little bit, but he like tones it down some. If you say so. I mean, they're both kind of like, <laughs> you know, rock god pirates, whatever. I wish I could like talk more about the technique of John Bottom. I'll just say he had incredible syncopation and precision, and he was influenced by uh, jazz drummers. And he did things that no other drummers had done before in terms of technique. And it's, I don't think you could find a rock drummer who wouldn't put John Bonham in one of their, you know, top five lists as best drummers of all time. Do you know when it comes back in? It's about to come back in any second. You know, I have a quiz and I feel like this is the the correct place to give you the quiz. Sure. So you were talking about The Who and you were talking about Led Zeppelin and how they're a little bit parallel. The Who wasn't put together as a super group, but they sort of are a super group based on like who's in the band, right? Each one of the um, individual four members of the band and that they've got the same composition, a guitarist, same bassist, lineup, yep. singer, right? And and a, a a rock god drummer, I would say a rock god frontman. I wouldn't call Keith Moon a rock god. I mean, like part of being a rock god is like your your like visual appeal. Neither Keith Moon or John Bonham are like you know, okay beauties. But well, they're led. They're they're definitely like legendary. For example, they come in number one and two in the Rolling Stone top list of top drummers. Okay, here's the quiz. I was going to make you put them in order. <laughs> but instead, I'm going to ask you, what do you think the average rank in the respective lists, drummers, guitars, bassists, and singers, the members of Led Zeppelin are? So if you take like, if, uh, if Jimmy Page is number 75 guitarist, he isn't, you know, and you average together all of them, what is the average ranking oh of all of Led Zeppelin? <laughs> It's such a bizarre quiz. What is, what, what is a passing grade? Like, what do I have? To, you know, what's my... If you get within a factor of two. If you, factor of if two? If you get within a factor of two. Factor of, of two? It, or like 50% of it to, to 200% of the number, I'm going to say that that's really well done. Oh, my God. All right. So, we, you already told me that bottom is either one or two. So, that's interesting. Yeah. Jimmy Page is going to be up there, I would say, in the top 10, yeah. if not top five. Yep. Uh, John Paul Jones, by the way, an excellent bassist, but the, but you know, the bass is kind of in the background, but I would put him in like the top 20, right? Maybe top yeah, 10, I don't know. This all tracks, Billy, you're, you're, you're on fire right now. And then Robert Plant, definitely like top 10 for all time, you know, frontmen lead singers. So geez. I'm going to go with like average position five. How'd I do? You did really well. So they're, they average at 8.25. Oh, just, which is, uh, just out of passing range. I mean, that's a passing grade. Now, 
by contrast, and you should just throw a number out there because it'll take too long for you to try to calculate it. But how? What? What average would you think the Who has? Oh Jesus, um, <laughs> dude, I hate this quiz. <laughs> I'll just tell you, the the Who are dragged down by Roger Daltrey coming in number sixty-one. Wow, and, okay. and that gives them an average of nineteen. Hmm. But what's interesting is that the median for the Who is lower than the median for Led Zeppelin. So we've done, we've run some statistics. Billy, I'm excited because you didn't choose my number two pick. Mm -hmm. Ramble on. Great pick. Um, the hand drums, the acoustic guitar, the, the bass noise, I mean, you said that John Paul Jones is sort of underrated or in the background as a bassist. I love the bass sound in this, and we're going to hear more bass also in my number one pick. The time has come to be gone. And though I held sweet drink, Calm moment before the drop, right? <laughs> and it gives you a spacey pre-chorus. distortion guitar two guitars harmonizing far away because of the reverb and the multiple guitar parts and really split on left and right tracks this is a good song to listen with headphones and then the drop love the bass yeah so you can really hear the syncopation in the bass foot the bass drum pedal And it's kind of satisfying because he's got this like 16th note thing happening where the bass drum's playing on the E and the uh, but then he's got the snare drum happening like quarter note stomp every other measure. So it's just like going back and forth between syncopated and straight and extremely fun for drummers to listen to. I love this um, clean guitar in the left ear right here. Mm. This is one of those um, Led Zeppelin, Tolkien songs. Totally. But got him at the evil wall. <laughs> it's a whole vibe. The elves and the, the gnomes. <laughs> one other aspect to point out about the song is just the dynamic range between this like fully rocking chorus. And the, the sort of like airy, lighter, more acoustic, more folky part. Yeah. Little, key aspect of the dynamic song. Dynamic shift, yeah. I like it. Uh-oh, someone's going ham on the pan. Yeah, well, they're <laughs> not going as ham on the pan as they might in some songs. So, Waldron, I'm actually struggling right now with my number two and my number one pick because I'm looking at my list and I'm like, ah, I'm going to keep my number one pick, but I think I'm, I'm shuffling my number two pick. And now oh I'm my, like, oh, I love when this happens. I do it all the time. This is a really hard band to do three songs, even just these three albums. Yeah. All right. Let's go with Dazed and Confused off of Led Zeppelin one. This is a great pick. 
And immediately, the bass and the harmonics. Another example of how to get the dynamics right. A super restrained, quiet part. Been dazed and confused for so long, it's not true. And it's going to go off. It's going to go off, dude. <laughs> Lots of people talking, few of them know. Soul of a woman was created below. I mostly listen to remastered versions from the 90s. Yeah. How about you? Is that what you were working yeah, with? That- You know, I like to listen to the earliest ones that I can, but I love the remasters because they really bring out the stuff that kind of got buried in the mix in the early days. Yeah, yeah. Um, This was not written by Led Zeppelin or by Jimmy Page. This was written by this guy, Jake Holmes. Hmm. And I love this part here. (laughs) Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. It was written by this guy, Jake Holmes. Hmm. And he's got a really interesting version of it himself. He's sort of like a folk uh, singer. And then the Yardbirds did it. Hmm. I think before and while uh, Jimmy Page was in the Yardbirds. Hmm. They had a version of it that's pretty cool also. Hmm. But they didn't credit Jake Holmes at all. And then finally he sued them in 2010 and they settled out of court. Oh my God, really? Yep. Huh. Would you like to hear some of those um, alternate versions, or do you have stuff to share about? Uh... Um, I just want to listen to this one. There's just there's some things I got to talk about. So right now, you hear the give and take between the drums and the bass. You think it's give and take between the bass and drums? Yeah, I think it's give and take between the singer and Jimmy Page. There's multiple I think- give and takes. You hear the doo 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 doo, and then you hear the snare go ta 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 ta. And other drums, right? And other drums. He's moving it around. It started on the snare, and then he moves it around to toms. But I love that there's a dial, multiple dialogues happening at the same time. So what's the, what's the one you notice between the the guitar and the sort of orgasmic singing? Well, it's yeah, the orgasmic singing is a bit much. The guitar, I think this is where Jimmy Page uses the bow. Okay. Another moment that was satirized by Spinal Tap. Drags the violin across the strings of his guitar. Nigel Tap now. <laughs> but you know what? Like, if there is a guitarist who, like, can get away with the bow, it's definitely Jimmy Page. Yeah technique out the yin-yang it all comes together right here let's go wah-wah pedal oh my god do you want to hear some of these other versions of it or is that not interesting I'd be happy to. We we got through the the parts I wanted to get to, so but I can I could save you the trouble and just say that it's remarkably similar. Oh, really? Like a lot of this crazy uh, back and forth, and some of the some of the moments are 
clearly being covered, right? And you think that they're just going off on their uh, own wow. version of it. And it's got, here, I'll play a little bit of this Jake Holmes thing. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Well, Jin, would you characterize Days and Confused as a composition instead of a song? Well, I would have, except for, <laughs> it's really interesting, because I totally would have. And then I heard the original and the Yardbirds version of it. Wow. Well, listen to this here. Are you picking up that they used this for inspiration in that middle part where they go back and forth? Yeah, totally. The Yardbirds version is pretty good too, but um, and, and it's closer. That's cool. I definitely want. Yeah. yeah, I'll definitely check it out. So I would have said composition, but then here it is. It's a song. It's been covered by three different three different artists. But that is that in your mind? Like if if a piece is played by multiple people, that's what makes the difference. I mean, I thought it was like I was thinking more about like the different parts and how it kind of goes and different things are happening and. Yeah, well, it definitely doesn't have like traditional song form. But yeah. by our definition, if it's a thing that can stand on its own, person with a guitar, I mean, that's one guy with a guitar and a voice and did all of Days and Confused pretty much. Maybe Led Zepp did it to greater effect. Yeah. But I'm glad that uh, Jake Holmes got his writing credit finally. Yeah. Did you have it on your list in the top? It is in my list. I had it number five. It was number four in my original list. So I'm, I, I called the audible tonight. Okay, in the Audible, I would like to know what was your number two song. My number two, which is no longer going to be a pick for me, is Immigrant Song off of oh. Led Zeppelin 3. No, you made the right decision. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you did the right thing. You totally did the right thing. Okay, so I get to declare... Well, I don't get to declare. <laughs> this is my pick for their very best. And... I think there's like a at least a 50% chance that it is also your pick Let's for see. their very best song. Let's find out. Are you ready for Led Zeppelin 1, the first track, Good Times, Bad Times? Also my number one pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I love it. Oh my goodness. Just like straight out of the gate. A showcase for every single one of these guys, right? Totally. Listen to the bass drum. It's coming up. Yeah, right here. Now, it's not just the bass drum, right? He, it's also the bass tom. No, that's the bass drum. All the bass. Those 16th note triplets, that's the bass drum. Billy. Does he have like one of those fancy bass drum pedal no. configuration? I didn't think so. I mean, You're, yeah, some... he's playing that with a single a single pedal. He doesn't have a double bass drum pedal setup. So Jimmy Page plays his guitar part through a Leslie cabinet. Wild. And that's what gives it that sweeping. Huh. It's a left and right sort of dizzy thing. Yeah. One other comment on that triplet 16th note bass drum thing. Yeah. That was apparently like a drum part that he copped from 
Carmina Peace, uh-huh. who was in Vanilla Fudge, and then they were like talking about it later, and Carmine was like, oh, I love that part you played in Good Times, Bad Times, I totally stole it from you, and then he was like, no, I stole it from you! So there was this like funny thing where they... That's cool. That's according to legend, and I think it's probably accurate. proves they're a supergroup. It provides evidence why each member belongs in a supergroup, especially when we get to two minutes. Yeah. You'll get John Paul Jones playing the bass and then a, a guitar lick. <laughs> I can tell you that that guitar part is extremely hard to play because my band covered this song. <laughs> and the best I could do was just like make a lot of distortion noise in the yeah. sort of same direction as Jimmy Page was moving. I could not play that. Could your drummer pull it off? Um, I wasn't really listening to him because I was too busy trying to play my thing. <laughs> that's, that's bold. That's ambitious. I appreciate the uh, the attempt. Yeah, we liked it. So now, Waldron, I don't know what to do. I get another pick. Yeah, I mean, okay, no if you problem. Need help? I can. Um... I've got more on my list. You know what? Let's do this collaboratively, since we both okay. pick good times, bad times. Here's what I suggest: either how many more times, or what is and what should never be. Well, what is and what should never be is my number four pick. Let's go with that then. So let's do that. I think that that's a great call. And if I say to you tomorrow, ah, oh, totally different vibe. Take my hand, child, come with me. As some kind of chorus effect, or he's doubled. Yeah. I don't know. This is before chorus was a an effect that you could just apply. Rim clicks on the backbeat, ride cymbal, but then. How does uh, the Faulkner family enjoy Led Zeppelin? Because Led Zeppelin was never like one of my old, like, it took me a while to get into Led Zeppelin because I knew mm. that it was going to be a monumental undertaking. I was talking about this with my friend Chris Inghauser when we were talking about uh, Bela Fleck recently. Mm. And it's, I know this is music that I like. I'm familiar with it, but I have I don't have the time or the energy to to study it the way I need to in order to decide whether it's going to be like one of my major major bands, right? And so because it wasn't like I don't have a playlist of like 45 minutes of Led Zeppelin songs. Yeah. And so for that reason, August isn't familiar with it. The Beast is very familiar with some of the pieces, especially one that we'll talk about next time mm-hmm. in the sort of study of drums. Mm, interesting. Good Times, Bad Times is on her list of like amazing drum songs that she would like to know about and perhaps someday learn to play. Very cool. I love this solo. Yeah. Another wonderful song with respect to the dynamics. Yep. This is like just so cool and chill and jazzy chords. Jazzy chords, easy going, ride cymbal, rim clicking. 
We're going to get to a section of the song, Billy, that is, it feels like it's going back and forth between two different guitars. There's a yeah. giant gong <laughs> that sounds, and then you get the guitar parts. You got to love a gong. I mean, if there's going to be a gong, yeah, then it should be with a Led Zeppelin song, right? Like A hundred percent. Totally. And there's a sort of call and response guitar thing, but yeah. it's actually just Jimmy Page playing one part and it's somebody going ham on the pan to make it sound like it's left <laughs> and right in the final mix. It is effective. Yeah. That's cool. But do do yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that this was that we could by mutual consent come to this song totally yeah, yeah me too by the way I'll also say that like the recording maybe it's because it was remastered but like it's all really clean like you can hear all the instruments oh yeah here we go There's your gong. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. Also, you like the tempo on this one, don't you? Yeah, it's... I mean, you could could count it fast, but I don't. (laughs) I think it's like in the 80s. Right, okay. Yeah, that's... Pretty slow. Now I want to check. Check it out. Check it right now. If it's slower than 90 BPM, then it's slow. Yeah, it's Andantino, 83. Nice. Oh, so we didn't really talk about the best album. Since I'm the host, I think I get to pick the best album. You do, but you know, before you do the best album, we need to do the call for help. Oh, Will Harry's friend of the show called in with a pick and let's check out what he said. Hey, Billy and Waldron. This is Will calling uh, with some ideas regarding Led Zeppelin. If we're going to go with their very best, the first three albums, I think it has to be Tangerine. Builds up layers one by one and eventually winds them all down. Just a beguiling chord progression and a really clever song structure. All four members really get to shine, and this can be seen as a precursor to another Led Zeppelin deep cut, Stairway to Heaven. That's my call for their very best. Take care. Keep up the great work. Thanks so much, Will. That was a great take. Right. I had not thought of that as being sort of a precursor for Stairway. I like that. Also, it wasn't on my list, so I'm super psyched that you added. I honestly feel like I kind of underserved Led Zeppelin 3 because there was so much to pull from from Led Zeppelin 1 and 2. That's my truth. I agree with you. So since I've been loving you, one of the reasons I wanted to keep it was that I would have one from each album in my top three. But anyway, it is decided, we both have decided that Good Times, Bad Times, first track, first album, Led Zeppelin 1, very best. But you get to decide, you get to declare the very best album. 
uh, of the three, I'm going to go with Led Zeppelin too. Okay. Good yeah. call. Good call. Billy, a single call to action this time. None of the whole email us at contact at their very best, although maybe we should read that one email in a minute. But I just want people to subscribe. What does that mean to subscribe? There's a button somewhere in the podcast player that you're using where you can subscribe. And what it means is when we get new episodes, it'll automatically be put in front of you or downloaded depending on the podcast player. Great. So subscribing is the one call to action I really want to emphasize. Waldron, did you want to read the nice email? There's a nice email that we got. Ryan Hazley. I don't know how to pronounce that name, and I apologize, Ryan. He wrote in at first to talk about the Amy Mann episode. Just listened to your Amy Mann episode. Made me cry. Empathy. Yeesh. Not even once. <laughs> Just, I thought that... I mean, I'm not sure if this is a poem or... Made me cry. Empathy. Yeesh. It has the feel of a... Um, Haiku? Haiku. So, thank you so much, Ryan. You got feedback like that, it makes you want to do more episodes. But you know what? We will do more of these episodes, Waldron. So beware. Warning. Watch out. We'll be offering more unsolicited, wrong opinions in the near future. I'm Bill. And I'm Waldron, and thanks for listening to Their Very Best. Their Very Best.